You're listening to the Coastal Church Audio Podcast with Pastor Dave Coop. Last week, we were so privileged to have Dr. Carolyn Leaf with us, and I have good news for you. She's going to be returning next year in June. We've lined up some dates for her to be back next year, and we're going to do longer sessions. People said, oh, could we only have it longer? It seems like we didn't have enough time to kind of get that information on the inside of us. So yes, next year she will be back, and we'll have a longer seminar, and we'll go deeper into it. But uh, church, I have to say, you are a hungry bunch, because... I've never seen you buy so many books and tapes or, or CDs, DVDs, as you did last week, and just your enthusiasm to study, to learn, and to grow. So I just say, well done. The hunger was just, again, a sign, as she said, of a healthy congregation. Healthy congregations are hungry. When you don't have an appetite, it means something's wrong. And if we don't have an appetite to learn and grow, there's something wrong. So I pass that on to you. She says, you have a very hungry church. You're hungry to learn and to grow. And so I hope you're hungry this morning, hungry to keep growing and learning. You should have a handout when you came in this morning, and it's also on the bulletin. If you scan the QR code, you'll find that the notes are also there for you, and you can follow along that way, or you can follow along on the notes. A couple of few are a few brain facts just to get started this morning. We learned last week and the previous weeks that you think anywhere between 30 to 70,000 thoughts a day. Folks, that's a lot of thoughts, and uh, we're responsible to process those thoughts each and every day. Here's a couple other facts about our, our brains. As we've been going through this series all month long, February has been, God has a better way to think. Our theme throughout the whole year is God has a better way. And as we've been looking at the brain and how it works, what an amazing organ it is. And the way God has designed us is incredible. You know that the brain has over 100,000 miles of blood vessels. Think about it. 100,000 miles. What a designer God is just to have designed that, put that together. And then some other neat things about the brain is that the first sense that's developed is a sense of touch. And that happens when we're only, uh, what is it, eight weeks old. Already in the womb, we know the sense of touch. Uh, here's an interesting fact. Children who learn two languages before the age of five. Who, who knew two languages before the age of five? Let me see your hands. Wow, good number of you. Here's a stat for you guys. If you knew two languages before the age of five, it says that it alters the brain structure and adults have a much denser gray matter. Not denser in a bad way, denser in a good way. You have a denser gray matter. So good for you if you learned two languages before the age of five. In the March 2003 edition of Discover Magazine, a report describes how people in a seven-year study who ate seafood at least one time a week. So if you're eating seafood once a week, this stat is for you. You have a 30% lower occurrence of dementia amongst those people. So I guess it's healthy to eat seafood once a week. Here's another interesting tidbit. You can't tickle yourself because your brain distinguishes between unexpected external touch and your own touch. We announced this last night at the service, and there was a bunch of people trying to tickle themselves. It's really weird if you start laughing when you tickle yourself. But <laughs> we had that going on last night. It was, it was fun. Anyhow, there is a class of people known as super tasters who not only have more taste buds on the tongue, but whose brain is more sensitive to the taste of foods and drink. In fact, they can detect some flavors that others cannot. So we may have some super tasters in the bunch here this morning. Uh, here's an interesting 
tidbit, a world champion memorizer by the name of Ben Pridmore memorized a single shuffle deck of cards in 26 seconds. So he went through it, memorized it in 26 seconds, and told us what every card was in there. Wow. Do you know that you can actually increase your memory and cognitive skills? And uh, we're learning more and more about the brain. It's good to know that. Uh, here's another fact about sleep. Most people dream one to two hours a night and have an average of four to seven dreams every night. While you sleep, your body produces a hormone that may prevent you from acting out your dreams, leaving you virtually paralyzed. Aren't you glad you don't act out your dreams? Aren't you glad your spouse doesn't act out her dreams or his dreams? <laughs> and as a matter of fact, this is interesting for me. If you're snoring, you're not dreaming. So my wife finds out that I'm not dreaming a whole lot because she says I snore a lot. <laughs> I, I sometimes wake up to this deep elbow, and it's her way of getting the snoring to shut off. Brain's an amazing thing. God created it for us to use and to continually renew. And our theme throughout this whole month, again, has been God has a better way for us to think. Paul encourages us to renew our minds. He said to present our bodies and to present our minds and to renew it. And it's exciting to know that we do not have to stay where we are, that we can renew our minds and live out and fulfill the call that God has on our life. As we do that, as we renew our mind to God's Word, you really do find the purpose that you're here for, and you can live that out. And we're going to see that again this morning in the message. So we have a couple points to go through this morning. We're going to wrap up this morning with communion. The last Sunday of the month is communion, Lord's Supper. What a treat it is to have that meal together as a church, so we're going to do that at the end of the service this morning. So here we go, a couple points. This is review. God's thoughts are higher than our thoughts. We, of course, have covered that. But we want to get this verse in there again, Isaiah 55, verse 9. It's in your handouts. And this is a verse that talks about God's ways higher than our ways. So let's find that verse. Let's read out loud together just so we hear it and it sinks in. Are you ready? Isaiah 55, 9. Let's read out loud together. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. Want a higher way? Want a higher life? Think higher thoughts. Want a lower life? Think lower thoughts. Want to go to a higher place? Want to have a better year? Want to end 2012 better than what you started it? Then you have to think higher thoughts, higher ways. God says, I've got higher thoughts, higher ways. They're available to you. Again, we get to choose that. She emphasized that last week as well, Dr. Leith, that we have a right to choose what comes into our mind, and we can choose God's thoughts to go to a higher place. One thing that Jesus said that I like, he said that my th words are spirit and life. Words are thoughts. It's just the thoughts put down into words. He said, my words are spirit and they're life. So when we take his words, when we take his thoughts, and we hold on to them, grasp them in our mind, they literally are spirit and life. Your thoughts occupy actual real estate in your mind. It's not just this, you know, kind of a cloud. It really occupies physical space in your mind. And when you take God's word and you hold on to it, it becomes life within you. It becomes spirit within you. There's an overlap between the physical body the soulless realm, which is our mind, will, and emotion, and our spirits. This is all interlinked, overlapping. And when you take God's Word and you meditate on it and you uh, think about it and review it, it becomes life for you. 
One of the differences between Christianity and other religions is that God tells us to meditate on his word. He tells us to think about it, to ponder it, to go over it. God never ever tells us just to sit there and be passive with our minds and let whatever come into our mind come into our mind. That's not God's way. God's way is for you to take every thought. When we're quiet and we're meditating, we're not just letting our mind drift to whatever comes into our mind. We're purposely thinking, okay, I'm going to think on this thought. I'm thinking on this thought. It's dangerous just to let your mind be passive and whatever comes at your mind, you just kind of let circulate around. No, God says, guard your mind. Watch your mind. What comes into there? Be specific about thinking on the thoughts that line up with his word. Number two, God's word acts like a cleanser to remove the toxic thoughts in our minds. And again, going back to last week's message, he talked about the toxic thoughts that come into our minds. It could be a toxic thought of bitterness or unforgiveness, anxiety. Fear is a very toxic thought. Fear releases all kinds of hormones, does all kinds of damage, and again, perfect love, God being love, casts out fear, removes the fear that would try to get a foothold in our lives. Ephesians 5.26 says this, to make her, the church, that's you and I, holy and clean, washed by baptism and God's word. God's word is like a cleanser. It washes our minds. It washes the darkness out of our minds. You remember last week she showed the different pictures of the trees, and there was the dark tree, and then there was the green tree. And God's word literally washes or dissolves that darkness in our mind. Last week, she showed us also that little clip of just cutting-edge science where they've actually taken a picture of the electricity, what's happening in the mind when a thought is being processed and how a thought, one of those little trees or the little arms of the trees pops. It's, it disappears. It's gone. And the toxic thoughts, the, the negative thoughts, you can literally renew your mind and remove that uh, damaged area of our life and renew our mind to Christ. Let's show that little clip again because it's worth watching again. If you didn't see it last week, it's good to see it. This is cutting-edge science and how they did it. She described the process. It's an amazing process. But actually, take a picture of what's going on in your mind at a very microscopic level. But here's this thought. You'll see on the right-hand side this little uh, white thing popping, and that's that tree dissolving, being removed. So just take a look at it. You'll see it on the right-hand side. It goes, it'll disappear. And that little is gone. Literally, you can renew your mind. The toxic thinking can be removed, and you can renew your mind, grow healthy thoughts in your life. Titus 3, 4 to 6 says, But when the kindness and the love of God our Savior toward man appeared, not by the works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us through the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit. Remember last week she used this verse out of James? She said, the implanted word is able to save your souls. The implanted word, when the word gets planted in our heart, it saves our soul. It saves our mind. It saves that soulish realm. Something changes. This is an incredible message of hope where science comes along and says, Yes, what God's Word says is true, that you can actually change your thinking patterns and renew your mind from a toxic past. The washing of regeneration by renewing of the Holy Spirit. All kinds of things can cause darkness in our mind. 
It could be bitterness, unforgiveness, anxiety, desire for control, self-doubt, irritability. Fear is a big one. Research shows that fear triggers more than 1,400 physical and chemical responses and activates more than 30 hormones. Fear is very toxic. It's good to a degree. We need some of it, but we don't need it to dominate our life. I sometimes use this illustration to demonstrate how God renews our minds. And so I'm going to use Coca-Cola today to represent the dark, toxic thoughts. I used to use coffee, but Dr. Leaf says coffee is actually God's fruit. It's good for you. So I said, amen. Preach it, sister. <laughs> I'm with you on that. <laughs> Let's use Coke instead. So the dark Coca-Cola, it represents the toxic, the dark thoughts in your mind. And God comes along and says, I, I want to renew your mind. I'm here to help you renew your mind. So when we take this and we uh, might not be able to see it from there, but I have to have it. You get the idea. We'll take and we'll begin to pour. This represents God's word. It's pure. It's clean. The washing of regeneration, the washing of the word. And we begin to pour God's word into our mind. We begin to meditate on it. We begin to, you start doing devotions, start praying, thinking about the Word. You're reading it. You're listening to a CD, a podcast, going to work. You're taking a few moments on the sky train to read the Word. You memorize some scriptures. Something's taking place. This is not just, this is not just religion. This isn't just doing something to do it. Something is physically changing within your mind. Dark, toxic things are being removed, and your mind is becoming clear. The message today is called Think Clear. We can have clear thinking, sound mind. God gave us a spirit of a sound mind, not dark, not twisted, not perverted, but clear, sharp, focused, able to do what God's called us to do. So as we keep doing this, now this is your choice. You can choose to do it or you can choose not to do it. And again, this is not doesn't take years and years. Like she said, in 21 days, you can permanently remove dark, toxic areas of your life and begin to restore it. Well, as we keep pouring it in, pouring it in, you see what's happening in the glass, that that darkness is being displaced by the clear water. And over time, what was once dark, what was once fearful, what was once filled with anxiety, what was once filled with unforgiveness and so forth, it becomes clear. And this is what God wants for us, to have a clear mind, think clear, powerful. Actually, you have an advantage. As a believer, you have an advantage because you can think clear thoughts. It gives you more bandwidth. It gives you the ability to process more, to lean into what you're called to do, to be more creative, to, be, uh, to take on bigger projects because you're not bogged down with all kinds of other stuff, toxic things. We have many examples of individuals in our church that have had their lives changed as they've committed their life to Christ and said, God, I want to change my life. I'm going to begin to apply your word in my life. And one of those people is Julian Wisdom. So I'm going to ask Julian to come up this morning, and she's going to share her story, her testimony with you. So would you give her a warm welcome as she comes? She's a lady that found our church and uh, applied these principles to her life. Julian. Good morning, church. I am Audrey Julene Genevieve Wisdom, and this is my testimony. 
To give a picture of my life before Christ, I have used some words to describe my experiences, which indeed opened the door for toxic thoughts. Abandoned. I was born to unwed teenage parents in a ghetto in Kingston, Jamaica. They soon left the island. I have seen my dad only five times in my life. My mom, I didn't see from the ages of three to 13. At 13, I came to Canada. Mom told me almost daily how much she hated me. I should have never been born. She threw me out at barely 17 and told me, do the world a favor, kill yourself. Wow. Abused. I experienced many atrocities that some children endure. Physical, emotional, sexual. Labeled. As long as I can remember, society have labeled me in two areas. My looks. When I was younger, people would pinch my cheeks and say, oh, you're so cute. At 13, I was walking down the street in North Vancouver. This beautiful blonde came bounding out of her high-end clothing store and said, wow, you're so beautiful. You should model. I said, okay, in my thick Jamaican accent, not really knowing what modeling meant. That set a foundation for my life over the next 20 plus years. I had to exchange my body for survival. I'm sure you've heard the adage, sex sells. I was also labeled in my intellect. At 13, I'm an immigrant, you immigrants know, we get the medical once over before we can stay. I remember the doctor telling my mom, don't expect much of her. A child who's that severely malnourished will probably only have the intellect of a grade four. How did I come to church and committed my life? My lifestyle before Jesus consisted of late nights and the gym. I used to go to Fitness World right across the street. One day I looked across the street and say, hey, there's that church. I see the commercials late at night. Coastal church for people like you. Maybe I should go. I came to church in November 2002. I sat in the back and the first time I prayed in 16 years. Then I went on with my life as seemingly nothing happened. It was three years later through nursing my mom to her death. She died of breast cancer that I was brought to my knees. I reverted back to that teenage girl she so abused and knew I had to do something to quench the pain. My choices were God or alcohol. And as in Deuteronomy 30:19, I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Choose life. I chose life. Now the women who led me to Christ said I needed a church and I thought, Hey, that coastal church I went to some years back. I came back to coastal church. Now I knew my spirit was renewed. I knew I was different. I stood right in the benches there and prayed for God to not make me a hypocritical Christian. But my past still exists. Like Nehemiah, or as the Canadians say, Nehemiah, the renovator and restorer, I had to repair the walls of my life that was broken. Those areas where toxic thoughts could get in. I put guards in those areas of weakness. Those guards are scriptures and constant prayer. I come to prayer meeting almost every Saturday. I come up every Sunday for prayer. This is God's idea. <clears throat> I also use the amazing resources here at the church, like Bible school. I superimposed God's description of me over my past and learned that I am wanted, not abandoned. That 19-year-old boy at 39 I found out was not my biological father. Then he told me a despicable story about being a Christian young man and putting himself in a position to be accused by a woman for getting her pregnant. He was terrified to tell his father. So he walked the beaches of Kingston, Jamaica, 
Okay, maybe not the beaches, but it's Jamaica. He walked Jamaica and he prayed, God, what do I do? And God told him, accept this child, give it your name, as one day this child will need you. This is pivotal because in my culture, sometimes men don't accept their children. And remember, I've only seen him five times in my life. When we've talked on the phone, I'd say, you're not a good father, you never see me. And he would say, whose name do you have? And I would say, a name doesn't make a father. God wanted me. He chose the right earthly father and even gave me the last name, Wisdom. Restored instead of abused and labeled, as in Joel 2.25, I will restore to you the years that the locusts have eaten. The years of my youth was stolen because I thought I couldn't do anything. God is restoring every area of my life. My experiences with child abuse and being labeled are being used for good, as in Romans 8.28. I learned who I was in Christ, and that washed out all the toxic thoughts. At 39, I became a Christian life coach. I graduated from university and I'm in medical imaging. My zeal for learning continues. I will be a doctor in naturopathic medicine and continue with Bible school to become a pastor. <laughs> I am starting a Christian modeling agency doing fashion God's way. Something to take from my story? That he has awesome plans for us, greater than we can ask or think. First, you must choose life, Jesus. Then we must do our part in a covenant relationship and that is to pray, know his word, and serve. I love his house, so I've been planted in business by the book and the custodial ministries. You're built up in your daily life serving in the Lord's house. These fundamental choices have made the difference in my schooling and work because his word says, I or you can do anything through Christ who gives me strength. Thank you. Great job. Thank you, Julie. That's so encouraging, Julie. Great to hear. Again, what a story of somebody who said, here I am. I got a choice to make. I could go down this path or I can make a choice for life. And the washing of the water of the word, what was once dark in your life has become clear. And to go on to see you in school and to see all that you're accomplishing. And I remember the days, especially when you first started coming to church every Sunday. Pastor, would you pray for me? Can you pray for me one more time? Can you pray for me again? And you just said, no, I will change. I will trust God. And you are not the same person. If anybody's in Christ, they are new. Old things passed away. The dark passed away. Everything became new. And so much, again, was related to just the way you renewed your mind to God's Word, consistent. And, and, I, and then here we have this model downstairs cleaning, scrubbing toilets, and, and still serving on them all those years, still doing custodial work, making sure the bathrooms are fresh in between services, and just serving in God's house, being healthy. So that's a great picture that we can change the way we are and accomplish great things, the purpose God's called us for. And uh, so number three, let's keep going and uh, cover a few more points this morning. The Holy Spirit has been sent to help us. Philippians 2.13, for God is working in you, giving you the desire to obey him and the power to do what pleases him. This is really important because if we have to guard and process up to 70,000 thoughts a day, that's a lot to process. And the importance of what happens in our mind is 
so big that the Holy Spirit come alongside to help us. It is the battle. The battle you fight is between your ears. The biggest battle we fight is in our mind, the thoughts that we have. Doesn't it make sense that the Holy Spirit would come alongside and say, I will help you with your thought life. I'll give you the desire for the right thoughts, and I'll also help you and empower you to choose what's right. This is huge. Now, he doesn't choose for us. That's still up to us. He's not going to override our right to choose. That's a gift that he's given to us. But he does come alongside and gives us a desire for the right thing. And then he also empowers us, gives us strength to choose the right thing. We make a lot of thoughts or a lot of choices every day based on the information coming to us. And he's there to help us, to assist us to choose the right things. Number four, Satan's mode of operation is to attack our minds by tempting us with unhealthy desires. This is primarily the way Satan works at our lives. He comes at us with thoughts. That's why we read in Ephesians 6.16, in every battle, you will need faith. In every battle, we need faith. Faith comes by hearing God's word. Faith comes by trusting what God has to say on the matter. So we have faith, and this faith is a shield to stop the fiery arrows aimed at us by Satan. Again, he shoots these arrows. He shoots thoughts at us. And we have a choice. We can either accept the thoughts or we can reject the thoughts. You're, like we shared a couple of weeks ago, you're like that person at the airport. When you land off the plane, you come down there and you have to clear immigration and they process every person. They say, can I see your passport? What are you here for? And you get kind of processed before you go through there. And likewise, we have to process every thought and the enemy will try to come into our lives. We have to say, wait a minute, you do not qualify to be in my mind and I choose not to allow you to come into my life. If we allow toxic thoughts to remain in our heart, to remain in our lives, it actually slows down our ability to think clearly. I like to use the example of a computer that has a slow processing because the bandwidth has been taken up by other things. Have you ever gone on your, your, maybe your phone or your computer and it takes forever for a website page to come up? It's kind of frustrating. You just, oh, come on, what's going on? And eventually the page comes up and eventually the pictures come up. But you had to wait a long time for it to happen because something was taking up that bandwidth. The information wasn't flowing smoothly. When we come to the Lord and we begin to apply these principles, our mind clears up and actually the bandwidth, our ability to process speeds up. We can do more. We can, like we heard last week, you're brilliant. You're designed to be brilliant. You're a genius. We're all a genius in some area. Genius by definition is just somebody who can do something that others can't do. And we're all called to do something that others can do, but also some things that nobody else can do. We're unique. We have, like she said last week, this I factor. There's something great inside of every one of us. And in order for that to be fulfilled in our life, we have to have full bandwidth, clear thinking. The target of Satan is to try to restrict that. He, he would like to crimp it. He'd like to somehow slow it down so you can't accomplish what God's put in your heart to do. That's why Paul said, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, present your bodies a living sacrifice, acceptable unto God. Don't be conformed to this world. Don't let the world put you into their mold, but rather be renewed by your mind that you can prove what is a good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. And as we do this exercise, we're able to prove out, live out what God has in our heart to do. Jolene's testimony God had something far greater than where she was living. To graduate from university, to go on to be a doctor, to start her own modeling company, to, yes, someday be a pastor. Who put that desire in heart? God did. 
But where did it start? By renewing the mind, clearing that out, having full bandwidth. I read an article in an electronic magazine about what slows down bandwidth. I thought, what a parallel to our spiritual life. One of these things they said that slows it down are viruses. In the article, it says, not only are viruses damaging, every type of virus takes up bandwidth. Many viruses can cause programs to run in the background, slowing down your connection. There's a virus running in the background, slowing down your ability to process thoughts clearly, quickly, thinking clearly. And we are really diligent to guard our bodies from viruses. We have flu shots, we eat right, we exercise, we're really careful about, we, don't, we, we wash our hands. We're always thinking about, you know, we don't want poison to get in our bodies. We're careful about our computers, we have firewalls, and we don't want viruses in there. And God's just saying, guard your heart, guard your mind, out of there come the issues of life. Be as diligent or more diligent the way we guard our minds over even what we guard our computer. It says here the viruses, it's like there's a program running in the background. Cheryl often counsel the women of the church, and I'll counsel the men. And I've found often counseling men that their bandwidth has been really diminished because there's a program running in the background. And that program, I'll give you one example that often comes up, is men that have been caught in pornography. If that, has, if that toxicity has gotten into their soulish realm, it just really shrinks their ability to process stuff. They give a lot of energy to hiding stuff, covering up stuff, covering their tracks. They can't look at others the way God would want them to look at them. And it's like this program running in the background that just really shrinks up their power to think clearly. But when that's removed, it's just like you've got four more gears. It's just like you've got an additional power. You're thinking clearly. You're not slowed down and sluggish because this program's running in the background, this virus, toxic program. But when you apply God's Word, you begin to pour that in, and those negative, lustful, perverted thoughts begin to pop and disappear physically. They're no longer there. Wow, you're running at full speed again. You gained it back. And we could give other examples, fear. We give other examples of unforgiveness and bitterness. When that is dissolved and you've renewed your mind, it's like you've got full bandwidth. Another thing they said that slows down bandwidth is email spam. And in your computer, you probably have one of those trash boxes where it automatically goes to the trash box. You have to empty it manually or you can set your computer that it will do it every day or week or whatever. And think about it. With our computers, we automatically empty the trash. We don't want it sitting in our computer because it takes up bandwidth. It takes up memory space. Folks, why would we want trash sitting in our mind? So how do I get rid of it? You have to purposely cast those thoughts down. It says take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. It is our responsibility and I don't think there's an automatic way to do it. I don't think there's an automatic setting. I think it's always manual. I think you manually have to take that thought. Say, wait a minute. You don't belong in my mind. I'm going to lead you out. No, you cannot commit. Border control. Wall control. You don't get to come into my mind. If we are passive, and if we say, que sera, sera, whatever can come in can come in, it's a very dangerous way to live. Our responsibility is to take every, every thought captive and run it through a God grid. And so, if we don't, point number five, thoughts lead to death, 
James says, if we don't do this, it will bring forth death. Point number six, as I mentioned, it's our choice what kind of thoughts we want to grow. In 2 Corinthians 10.5, we read this verse, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Here's this verse, bringing every thought, if you like, underline every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Philippians 4.8, here's the grid. This is a really important verse. If you want a verse to memorize, this would be the one to memorize. If I was to give you an assignment, here's your assignment, or here's the prescription, if you like. I went to church, Dr. Dave gave me a prescription. Here's Dr. Dave's prescription. Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. Memorize this verse. Why should I memorize this verse? Because it's the grid. It's the list on how you inspect the thoughts. If you come into the country and you step up, you're behind the yellow line, they say, step up next. You step up, you hand them the passport, and you fill the little form. Did you bring any fruit? Were you at a farm? How much money did you bring in? They have all these checklists. How much money did you spend or whatever? And they go through this list. They inspect you before you come in. How do I inspect the thought? What is the grid? What is the qualification for the thought to come in my mind or not to? Right here, Philippians 4, Paul gives it to us. This is brilliant. This is tremendous. This is worth memorizing. So let's go through it. Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. And now, dear brothers and sisters, let me say one more thing. This is the end of the book. Have you written an email or a letter? And you say, okay, let me summarize it for you. This is, you got to get this to get everything. So that's what Paul's saying here. Coastal Church, one more thing. I know you've had a month of this, but one more thing, okay? Hang in there. you got to catch this one point, Coastal Church. One more thing. As I close this letter... Fix your thoughts. If you like, underline that. Circle it. Fix your thoughts. Fasten your thoughts. Nail it down. Fix your thoughts. On what? What is true, honorable, and right. Think about things that are pure, lovely, admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. This is a filter. This is a strain. So as thoughts come in, we have to ask ourselves, is a thought true? Remember, whenever you believe a lie... Satan takes over. Any lie you believe about yourself, about others, he is the father of all lies, Jesus said. There's no truth in him. He takes over if we believe a lie. So you ask yourself, is it true? Is the thought true? Is it honorable? Is it noble? Is it worthy of reverence? Is it integrous? Is it right? Is it fair? Is it just? Is it reputable? Is it pure? This is a big one to filter out because we are bombarded, right, daily, by thoughts that aren't pure, Whew, it's just, and some of us, we live in environments that are more toxic than others. Some of your workplaces are really toxic. Some of your communities are toxic. Some of your elevator rides are toxic. And, you, and you're just filtering, filter, filter, filter. I remember when I worked in the oil industry, it was toxic. I go to work and you'd hear the F word, every other word. It's like, do you have another word in your vocabulary? Like, I could help you. It's just so bad. And I had to just filter, 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 filter. And, you know, was, sometimes then I'd go back and I'd be working on the farm. And those, those words would come at me again. I said, man, I don't want to think that. And I remember my dad just encouraging me and counseling me. He said, son, it's okay. Just keep fighting. You're, it's going to be okay. It doesn't have to take root. And he just would encourage me. He didn't condemn me. Because if you hear that stuff bombarded all the time and you hit your thumb with a hammer, it's kind of, that thing tries to pop up. You go, wait a minute, no, that's not who I am. But it's that kind of diligence, every thought. 
And then we'd walk into a locker room or we'd walk into a building and I'd have to, I'd hear stories after stories and they'd take every word and they'd put a sexual twist to it. And, oh, filter, 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 not pure, not pure, not pure, not pure. And some of you work in that kind of environment. Do we need the help of the Holy Spirit? Hello, we need the help of the Holy Spirit. Some of you guys and ladies know what I mean. You just, you're working in that environment. It's like, oh, and you, you leave work almost just glad to get out of that toxic environment because it's just bombarded you. Sometimes we have no choice, but God's grace is there. And we're a light in that place. We are salt in that place. We can make a difference. Because pretty soon they figure it out. So, um, why aren't you laughing at the jokes? Um, why aren't you... I remember one time they were talking about their old ladies. He said, Dave, what about your old lady? I says, I don't have an old lady. I have a wife. I have a gorgeous, beautiful woman that I married, and she is not my old lady. She is my, the love of my life. And they just were all really quiet. I mean, you can have your old lady. I don't have an old lady. I have a beautiful, beautiful wife. Hallelujah. Yeah. And... But, you know, I, I thank God for parents that helped me in this. And it doesn't matter where you are in life. You can be later on in life. Jolene didn't have that privilege. But God rescued her, and she's doing great things, no matter where you were. I'm thankful that I had a mother that helped me. I'd come in, and I'd say something, and my mom had this phrase. And she said, David, get your mind out of the gutter. And I knew what a gutter was. I had to shovel it every day, so I knew what the gutter was. And she says, get your mind out of the gutter. But it was that training, that encouragement to renew my mind that helped me. And so this is a filter. This is a filter. Is it pure? Is it lovely? Is it admirable? Is it excellent? Is it beautiful? Is it virtuous? Does it have high standards? Daniel had an excellent spirit. Is it worthy of praise? Things to praise, not things to curse. Is it commendable? So as thoughts come in, there's your grid. And it doesn't take you long. Your mind works so quick. You process thoughts so quickly. But that's the grid you run it through. And if it doesn't fit to that grid, you go, wait a minute. No, you can't come into the country. You stay out there. I choose to have life within me. I choose to pour clear water into my mind. Lastly, thinking on what God says will bring life and health to our whole being. And we don't have time to go through all the verses in Proverbs chapter 4. But remember that your thoughts go to a chemical plant. In her book, Dr. Karen Leaf, My Brain, Controlling Toxic Thoughts and Emotions, she writes, the hypothalamus is like a chemical factory where the thought-building process happens and where the type and amount of chemicals released into the body are determined. The thalamus signals the hypothalamus to chemically repair a response to your thoughts. This means that if you're anxious or worried about something, the hypothalamus responds to the anxious and worrying attitude with a flurry of stress chemicals engaging the pituitary gland, the master gland of the endocrine system. The endocrine system secretes the hormones responsible for organizing the trillions of cells in your body to deal with any impending threats. Negative thoughts shift your body's focus to protection and reduce your ability to process and think with wisdom or grow healthy thoughts. Your thoughts, it's a law, 
lead to a chemical plant in your brain that releases chemicals into your system that determine your health and your clarity. On the other hand, if you change your attitude and determine to apply God's excellent advice, not to worry, the hypothalamus will cause the secretion of chemicals that facilitate that feeling of peace, and the rest of the brain will respond by secreting the correct formula of neurotransmitters, chemicals that transmit electrical impulses for thought building and clear thinking. Wow, this is brilliant. We're designed to operate on what we choose to think. And our entire health is related to it. That's why this, I won't have time to break it down, but Proverbs chapter 4 says, guard, keep a guard on your mind because it's health to your whole flesh. Wow. I encourage you. You have a choice. You have a volition. You have the ability to choose. Do not let it get atrophy. Work it out. You're designed for deep thinking. You're designed to choose your thinking. And where you will be at the end of 2012 is highly related to what you think on and what you choose between now and then. So I challenge you. Think higher thoughts. Think God ways. Cast down thoughts that are bitter, unforgiving, fearful, anxious, perverted. Run them through the filter and say, God, I choose to think things that line up with your word. As the Bible says, we can have the mind of Christ. Hallelujah. Would you bow your heads with me? And we're going to take a moment to pray. And then we're going to be taking communion together this morning. You might be here today and you've never received what Jolene did when she gave her life to God and invited Christ to come into her life. The washing, the forgiveness of sins. Today can be your day. Thank you for listening to this podcast. If you would like to download free notes from this message, then visit our website, www.coastalchurch.org.